0: Hi, this is Ray Barry, and welcome to the Audiowave Café podcast. On this episode, my guest is Ben Taylor of and Spa Band Man Made Moon. I also get to play one of their original songs, Let's Grow Old Together. First I bring in music news and views, and later I shine a spotlight on Michael Jackson's seminal music video, Thriller. We should move on. Sony Music Entertainment has been working with several major record labels and music organisations to develop the next generation audio format called 360 degree reality audio, an immersive music experience which positions the listener in the centre of a recording studio or a live concert where the vocals and individual music instruments are positioned inside a spherical space. Oh my, those aren't my words. Singer-songwriter George Ezra is one of the first artists to utilize Sony's new spatial sound technology on his limited edition EP, Gold Rush Kid. But you're going to have to get hold of a pair of headphones and download an app on iOS or Android for a compatible streaming service like Deezer, Tidler or Amazon Music HD. And you'll need to be subscribed to the premium tier of one of those streaming services. Hmm, I might be interested in being positioned in a spherical space listening to 360 degrees of reality audio, but premium tier. That sounds expensive. And I'll need more choice than just George Ezra. Next, there is a debate going on in the music industry, mainly in America, as whether sampling should be legalised. Well, if it wasn't for sampling, there would be no hip-hop music. And De La Soul is a late 80s hip-hop band who have just had some of their early albums released onto the major streaming services, where they were previously banned because the band relied heavily on sampling their music tracks. Illegal sampling is basically when a segment of a song by an artist or band is lifted from their recording and inserted into a new song track without seeking permission to have that sample legally cleared. Three-member band De La Soul use the services of a sample clearance expert to work through a legal minefield to have their first six albums available on digital music services, which has taken years to sort out. Unfortunately, band with David Jolly Kerr died in February this year. The cause of his death is undisclosed. He was aged 54. The Victorian Albert Museum in London has gathered a huge archive of David Bowie's works, including stage costumes, handwritten lyrics, music videos and much more, which works out to 80,000 pieces of archived material. The collection will go on permanent display at the David Bowie Centre for the Study of Performing Arts at the V&A East Storehouse Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park, Stratford, London. And for all this to go on permanent display is an amazing tribute. Shame it wasn't all put together during his lifetime. Finally, Francis Rossi of Status Quo said he's tempted to record a new album, but he also states that there is no money in streaming, as the band's 2019 album Backbone was only streamed 3.5 million times, making only a quarter of a penny per stream. That works out at £8,750 or 10,646 US dollars. Rossi did say, though, that the band did make money on 100,000 physical album sales. If Francis Rossi isn't happy with the band's income from 3.5 million downloads, then artists and bands of lesser fame and status quo don't stand a chance of making much of a living from digital downloads. It's just not right. My guest today is Ben Taylor from Leamington indie pop rock band Man Made Moon. Ben, it's a pleasure having you join me. Thanks very much for having me, Ray. You're welcome. Man Made Moon. Well, that's an interesting name for a band. Does it have any meaning behind it? Uh,
1: I really wish I had a really cool answer for this, but sadly I, I can't <laughs> remember how I came up with the name. Uh, I'll often see, with songwriting as well, I'll see like a phrase or hear a phrase or something. and think that would be a really good name for a album or for a song or for a band. And that must have happened with Man Made Moon. I've got loads of like little ones written down for any future bands or anything i might do i do remember getting it and thinking that's a really good name and making the twitter page and the instagram page and facebook before i even had a band because i thought someone might want nick that because whenever i think of a band name i'll go onto twitter and go oh, someone's already had it and so uh yeah i had that quickly before so that was miles before i had a band so uh, sadly now i should start making something up about
0: how i came up with the name you should yeah. because i'm disappointed now i know it's not nothing profound no
1: it's like the joker when he explains <laughs> how he got his scars in batman he tells a different story every time <laughs> i should do that some obscure poem yeah. or something you can't find but no no sadly it's not it's just something i must have seen at some point
0: <laughs> okay how long has the band been together
1: uh man may moon started in 2015 uh myself um couple of friends, Nick and Ian, who are in a band called um, The Red Hills. They still are in a band called The Red Hills. Um, we've had a fair few uh, member changes over the years. Um, so we've got Gary on bass, who was about 2016, 2017. Chris, who joined on drums uh, about a couple of years ago. And then Nick and Ian, the other um, founding members, left last summer, start of last summer. So we got uh, Simon in uh, on lead guitar um so yeah we've together at the moment uh as we are it's been about a year but we've been going since 2015 and so a few changes and a few members over the years
0: well that must have been really difficult to lose two members at once
1: It was a big change it was a big shift in our mentality and um our, how we looked at the band um they were quite um important in songwriting uh gigs we did and how we sounded. So we've kept the feel of the band and um the sound and everything. It's changed a little bit as it would do. We had two they were both played lead guitar and I played rhythm, and didn't play on some of them. So we just got the one lead guitarist and myself on rhythm. Um so but it's changed a bit, but uh dynamics have changed uh hugely. Uh we also had our own recording studio and band rehearsal space with them that they owned. Uh so we also lost that which was a big thing. So we had to find somewhere we had free recording and uh, free uh, rehearsals whenever we wanted, so it's a big change, which is it's got its advantages and disadvantages, really, because um, you when you've got that two hours every Thursday that we have for rehearsal, you've got to go. When we had our own place, we'd just go. Actually, I don't fancy it tonight, and it was you'd not lost anything. So yeah, it had cha- changes throughout. We had to cancel quite a few gigs. We left at the start of summer, and we had quite a few gigs, and we couldn't get anyone into replace quick enough so we lost quite a few decent gigs but hey ho.
0: Yeah, yeah. I get that. That's the way it goes in bands.
1: Yeah, it is. Who writes the songs in the band? Um I write them. Uh I'll have a song that I write at home usually, just a little idea will pop into my head. And like I said before, with the um with the name for the band I'll, I'll hear a phrase that's how I tend to do my writing is I'll I'll come up with a title. Um For instance, we've got a band's favourite song at the moment. It's called Back in the Big Time, which we've not recorded yet. I was up in the loft a couple of months ago, um, just rooting through things. And I found an old tape from BBC Radio Derby. I'm a Derby County fan. And it was about when they'd got promoted in 1984, back up to the uh, old First Division. It was called Back in the Big Time. I thought, that's a great name for a song, that is. So I do that. I come up with the title. I'll write the song and everything. Then as you do in a band, I'll take it to the band, Gary and Simon, who played bass and leader, uh, much more musically uh, turned on than I am. So they'll say, "Well, maybe we could change this chord to this, or have a gap there, and just kind of polish it and make it into a bit of a more polished
0: song." I would say, "Yeah." I was going to say, "Where do you record your songs?" But nowhere now.
1: No, no, nowhere <laughs> now. So we found we go to um, we go to Complete Sounds, which is in Lamington. Which is we went to when we lost the recording studio. We went to a few places. Um, to practice and none of them kind of suited us and we stumbled upon complete sounds um run by mike and um jill it's just in leamington and it was absolutely fantastic they had a block booking um so we couldn't practice on the thursdays we wanted to when we finally got a block booking it's it's a fantastic place really really good if anyone's looking for spaces i'd look there and hopefully we're going to be doing some recording there um but yeah it's really good does a band prefer playing gigs or being in the studio yeah I think we prefer gigs oh I prefer gigs I can't speak for the others actually but um, we do do gigs we're doing a lot more gigs recently um, I think it's that whole feedback of the audience the adrenaline when you're playing trying new things the different people you meet yeah. we've met some fantastic other bands and promoters and uh, people who own these fantastic venues uh, we've got a lot more I think I think you, we go and do a gig, and then you go back and look at Facebook, and you've got oh, we've got five more likes, and it's a big thing for a band like us. So oh great, as long as they're not gone by the end of the week. But yeah, it's uh, so uh, I think I'd, I like recording. Not we've done it for a bit. Uh, we'll hopefully be doing it again soon. But I I, I do quite a lot of takes. Yeah, and usually I'll go through and uh, forget what I'm singing mm. or hit some note which doesn't sound human. So yeah, but. I think that's the joy of recording, isn't
0: it? When you're playing at gigs, do you play all original songs or do you also include covers?
1: We tend to do just original. Um, a lot of the gigs we'll do, they'll be on a organised evening where you tend to get 45 minutes, so it's about eight, nine songs. And we tend to do mainly our songs. I think you need to judge your audience as well. It depends. If you're going on one of the evenings where it's all original bands and everything, you try and get your music across. But if you're playing like a beer festival or something, you want to throw in a couple of things that people do know how easy does a band find getting gigs that's a really good question because um before we used to before the um lineup change we kind of stuck to a few festivals we knew a few local gigs that we knew um but we had a change mentality with the new lineup and we um we're trying new avenues try new venues uh, new contacts so at the moment it's all it's it's not been that hard. Um, I think the th- the gigs we find hard to get, which anyone will, is festivals. So I've applied to lots of festivals and you've got that many bands applying. Um, you don't hear back from them because well, you, they can't answer everyone. But I think those are quite hard. We've, got, we've had a couple that have replied and said, yeah, we'd like to play, but generally normal gigs we've not found it hard so far but we don't know if we'll exhaust those um contacts there's a few places we've played recently we played the archers in um calventry which is a great venue and they've said oh we'd love to have you back And there's a few places like that so it's not been hard so far touchwood but
0: let's hope that continues how did you find the experience of playing at local music festivals
1: yeah i think um local music festivals like most music festivals are a bit of a mixed bag really you um you tend to as original band, The a lot of them will have cover bands and tribute acts on, um, so you find yourself probably a little further down the lineup or on the acoustic stage, but then there's a lot around there as well which do just promote original local music. So regardless, they're great to play at, their sun's out, people are there um, to enjoy themselves, and they've also not come to see you. They've kind of stumbled across you, and we've met some great fans that we've got we've got um, people who come and see a lot of our gigs and they've seen us at music festivals so they're a great thing to play uh local or anywhere around the uh, country they're they're really good we really enjoy them how did the band get to perform live at several radio stations one of the first ones i played at was on bbc coventry and warwickshire and uh it was brodie swain um during during the day uh live on there and i was playing at i can't really remember what the gig was supposed to be Um, I think it was like a horticulture thing in Warwick but they were having loads of live music and um, they interviewed me about it um, and I played Rocket Man so that's a cover Rocket Man by Elton John and then um, played Let's Grow Old Together by ourselves Um, so that was really enjoyable unfortunately the day before the gig I really hurt my back playing football and couldn't actually play it as a gig so I'd promoted it all and didn't turn up
0: (laughs) i'm laughing but it's not funny
1: <laughs> no no i, I thought I could, I could probably play but i can't okay. move and they'll have to wheel me off so and then paul sanders who was at hills fm who's a great uh promoter of local music he um asked me to come in and be on his show and played a couple of uh songs there um so yeah people have got in contact with us and it's been um it's enjoyable. It's quite nerve-wracking going live on the radio sometimes, I think. Where can we find your music? We're on uh, Spotify. We're on Amazon and uh, iTunes. We've got our own website, which is uh, manmademoon.co.uk, where we've got our music there and there's all the links to uh, all our music um, platforms. Um, we're on Bandcamp. Yeah, we're we're on everywhere. We're on some Russian sites, which I've uh, never even heard of. Uh, really? <laughs> I think I think when you distribute the music, it sends it to loads of random ones. So, yeah. Uh, and we're, we, The great thing about that is, as well, you can go onto Spotify and you can see who's listened to you where. And um, there's Shazam. I don't know if you come across Shazam, where you can hold your phone up to... Uh, and we got Shazammed in Israel, which makes me think, I don't know how we were playing in Israel, where we were playing, or why someone was Shazamming us. But... Uh, it sounds a bit mucky, doesn't it, saying Shazam and us? But uh yeah. <laughs> it. But it's fascinating. It's like when you with the website, it tells us who's looked at it and you think, gosh, someone's in Brazil looking at us. How have they stumbled across us? It's uh, it's mind blowing really, but yeah, it's it's good. It's very good. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. What plans does a band have for the rest of 2023? Then we're playing an also festival in July, which is at um Compton Verney.
1: Um I think it's a Compton Bernie. Apologies if it's not. Um and then after that we're um hopefully going back into the studio. Uh complete sounds, hopefully. Uh and recording an EP. We've got um we've got fifteen songs to record, but we're just gonna depending on money on time, we'll hopefully uh, get get five done. Um and yeah, see that where that goes and then look at getting a few more gigs later on the year. Um so that's our plans up to them then world domination and uh, man-made museum in the uh, middle of Leamington but yeah I'm not sure hopefully, hopefully we'll do well with the EP and see where that takes us
0: absolutely Ben thanks so much for being my guest and best of luck to the band thanks and thanks for having us Ray thank you very much Michael Jackson's Thriller album had already been a huge worldwide hit in 1983, and music videos for Billie Jean and Beat It helped ensure the album's continued success. Then when the album started to slip down the American charts, Jackson's manager, Frank Dillio, suggested that a new music video for the song Thriller would revive the album's position in the charts. Jackson agreed, and soon decided he wanted to hire John Landis to make a music video to be as good as a Hollywood movie. Jackson loved Landis' film, An American Werewolf in London, and wanted the music video to be, in his words, really scary. Hardly anyone in the music industry thought it was a good idea, though. Jackson's record label kind of relented and only contributed $100,000, leaving Jackson to come up with the rest. MTV produced a documentary of the video shoot, which greatly helped the funding of the video. As well as having John Landis on board, Rick Baker of Star Wars fame was brought in as a makeup artist. LA's finest dancers were also hired, which made Jackson nervous, and he spent hundreds of hours practicing his dance moves to stand out from the other professional zombie dancers. The video was filmed over a four-day period, mainly in East Los Angeles. Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness. and When his church heard about it, they said it promoted demonology. So Jackson had a disclaimer inserted in the beginning of the video, which said he in no way endorsed a belief in the occult. The 14 minute video, when released, was a sensation. It centred on Jackson's girlfriend played by Ola Ray, being scared witless by a boyfriend turned zombie and a motley crew of undead characters who together performed a cool dance routine to the Thriller song. The video quickly boosted sales of the Thriller album to regain its place at the top of the charts. In 1985, it won a Grammy Award for Best Video Album and five MTV Awards. Also in 2009, Davidio was the winner at the American National Film Preservation Board Awards Ceremony. Today, John Landis is still making movies and also enjoys attending horror film conventions. Ola Ray has just recently released a book about her life called The Thrill of It All. Michael Jackson died on the 25th of June 2009 of a drug overdose at his home in Los Angeles. He was 50 years old. And the zombie dance moves from the Thriller video are still performed today by fans at the annual Thriller of the World International Dance Event. And also Flash Mobs, Score Parties and Anyone still wants to recreate Michael Jackson's music video Masterpiece. Coming up is an original song recorded by Man Made Moon, written by Ben Taylor, who also provides lead vocals and rhythm guitar, with Kevin Stanley on drums, Ian Black, lead guitar, and Nick Mew on bass. Let's grow old together.
2: Don't chase and shadow in my time Save my breath for the good folk who make this life worthwhile We'll have bad days We'll have the best days of life Help your whole lot is, and now you're here by my side. Scroll. Don't play.
0: man may moon with their original song let's grow old together and thanks so much to ben taylor for being my guest on the next episode my guest will be ex-singer with smacky julie bateman and she'll be talking about her music career uh i think that's about it yeah it is i'm done till next time